0: Hello and welcome to Chats, a television podcast, season 15, Chats 8. Each week we watch and discuss two episodes of the Netflix original series, Chats 8. My name is Alan, and I'm joined by the legendary student of martial arts master, King Kong Kim. It's Magellan. <laughs> uh,
1: he taught me everything I know about climbing up big buildings and kicking planes. Whoa. Saving princesses. That's- yeah, that's the particular style, the particular form of martial arts that I practice. <coughs>
0: so, uh, uh,
1: deep fried Mars bar in my mouth. Oh yeah, Sorry, it's I'm delicious. using your your joke from the pre-show. I stole it.
0: Oh god, it's fine. It's it's your joke to steal. Basically, who else is going to steal on this pod? Thank you, thank you. There are so many weird little bits like that on Sense Eight where you're like, did that just? And, like, they don't expect you to notice it if you're just binging the show. But I'm like, I heard you say King Kong Kim and, like, move right past that. Like, that was a normal <laughs> guy's name. I'm not going to accept that. And my my roommate was like, Why doesn't everybody in martial arts have cool nicknames like that? Why is it, everyone else is like, Sun. <laughs> <laughs> mun. By the way, they're Son and Mun. Oh. Oh. A
1: couple of Pokemon editions uh, over here.
0: Oh, Ultra Sun and Ultramun. Okay. So. <laughs> Okay, so is the laziest segue to stop talking about something ever. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, what's going on, John? How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Happy Hanukkah. That's the holiday that we're in the midst of when we're recording. Uh, I think this will come out too late for it to still be Hanukkah, but yes. hey, that's uh, what is happening right now and you know things are things are chill things are good i'm on break from school for a couple of weeks uh until the new year and that's nice anyway alan how are, how are you what's going on to you right now how
0: are you how are you how are you yeah yeah you we hope that your new year is going well we're so far in the past that we can't even fathom what 2023 looks like right now it's probably the same right it's probably do you think they have like flying cars? Or? Yeah,
1: probably. I don't know. What's your what's your take? Okay, with well, the one the one big thing for 2023.
0: Uh what's what's oh it gonna be? God, oh god. Like in the world, like big technology thing.
1: It could be technology, it could be a cultural zeitgeist thing. I just want you to make a call on like the, the big thing. When think people whole, think 2023, they think this
0: unionization, like successful unionization. In the United
1: States. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure.
0: With all the efforts with places like Starbucks, like unionizing and trying to across their their different branches, I have Uh, to imagine that there's a tipping point in which many different branches go, "Hold on, this actually isn't hard. Why don't we simply do this?" Um, That would be awesome. And I hope that history bends towards justice, and we go back to a America where more people are in more employed people are in unions than are not. Uh, I think that would be really cool and rock and roll as 2023 leans us into that future that I'm being optimistic about, honestly. Yeah.
1: Okay. I love
0: that. Who knows? That's my optimistic take. My less optimistic take, uh, COVID 2.
1: <laughs> what about you? Um, golly. Yeah. I think it's going to be probably like AI assisted grocery lists. Ooh.
0: Yeah, an AI kick lately. I mean, the world is on an AI, an AI kick yeah, lately. Yeah,
1: I think it's there's there's going to be an app where you log like what you buy, what you eat, and what you want to eat. And then there's an AI that is going to give you a, a grocery list. Hmm. I bet you that, that
0: basically already exists, right? Like, we notice that you eat eggs at this rate. We know that you should order eggs at this time. Or Amazon yeah. just does it for you. Like, we've determined that you get eggs on Friday, right. every other Friday. So we just order you eggs. Right. It, it, we noticed that, Majon that you're eating 45 eggs a week. Uh,
1: mm, yummy.
0: And you're not. You don't have any. We also notice you don't have any frying material. So, are you just shoving 45 eggs into your mouth every morning?
1: Oh, so close. So <laughs> <so laughs> <silly. laughs>
0: Magellan full of fried eggs does uh, full of raw eggs. Excuse me. Sounds exactly like Stitch for some reason. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was really was like good. Yolks falling out of my mouth.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Slimy
1: tongue. Yucky, yucky stuff. We're talking,
0: we're talking lick-a-tongue 2.0. Licky, lick oh. style
1: Oh, boy. Didn't think it needed an iteration.
0: You're, uh, yeah. It, there's a joke in there about iteration. Salivation. There it is.
1: Not bad. Mm, let's talk about as, Sensei. As I sip my tea. Mm, not bad. Mm, my Marjorie. Did you hear that ribbing I just received? <laughs> <Not> <laughs> Ow, my ribs. Bad at all.
0: Ouchie. Let's talk about Sensei. Yes, I agree with it. Okay, with please. Let's things. do that. We watched season two, episode six, and season two, episode seven this week. Episode six is called Isolated Above and Connected Below. Or Isolated Above, Comma, Connected Below. Episode 7 is I Have No Room in My Heart for Hate, and you'll be hearing about that after the break. Isolated Above Connected Below is written by Lillian Lana Wakowski and J. Michael Strezinski. It was directed by Lana Wakowski and it aired with season two on May 5th, 2017. Magellan, what happened in Isolated Above, Connected Below?
1: In this episode of Sense 8. While Caffius enjoys a welcome surprise, Leto makes a splash at a high-profile event. Riley works to gain the trust of a sensei she saw at the rave. Wow. What do you think?
0: I think that that summary does an amazing job of not telling you what you need to know, which is a welcome surprise is sex.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it took me about a clause of that sentence to realize what I had read. Uh uh I almost laughed out loud, but I was like, "Nah, I gotta keep it together for the for the take." Appreciate that. Always keeping it together for the sake of the take. My gosh,
0: we got to see Toby Onumere's presumably his, unless there was an stunt actor there. We got to see his whole naked ass, and we're gonna talk about that for forty five to fifty minutes tonight, folks. Um, No, we uh, we're in an interesting part of Sensei. You know, I was really disappointed last week, and I was messaging a friend who has like was watching along with us, and like this week they binged the rest of the show. Just you know, people like to get ahead of us sometimes, and I. I totally approve of that, uh, because it means that they can be like, hey, you have this to look forward to, and he was saying that the show does kind of like, we're in a point where it sags in the season, but it's not like a flat sag, it's kind of like a, like a Richter scale, We're like, oh, this is really good, oh my god, this sucks, wait, no, this is great, oh, and this episode was like quintessential up and down, uh, Something, something. There's a joke in here about Caffey is having sex. I'm not gonna make it, but Stop yeah, it. it's a, it's the rising it. and falling in quality. It's there's really good parts and there's really stupid parts. To be honest with you, uh, uh-huh. but I had enough like smiles and enjoyment with th- this one and like the title of the episode, the way the title is incorporated, is one of my favorites, uh, so far of the series. So
1: I uh-huh. ended up coming around to liking this one. What about you? Um. Yeah, I think the for both of these episodes my my main critique is that there's like this really interesting movement happening with the main plot that i'm actually invested in okay we're getting some lore we're learning more about the angelica stuff and the whisper stuff and there's like this other these other sensates that are in the mix and fleshing out the world of sensates and all the different ways that they can exist. And we're like ping ponging between that and rehashing a lot of character plots from the first season or just bridging character plots where we spend several episodes talking about, Oh, should I do this? Should I not do this? Am I going to go do this? I'm thinking about this. And I just, I don't know. I'm feeling a little bit, Torn on uh, this stretch of the season because either give me like the, the pure lovely slice of life show or do the show where stuff happens, Mm -hmm. but like stop giving me parts of the show where nothing happens (laughs) because it's getting a little, uh, a little frustrating. So I liked the first one more than the second one. Uh, but both of them I think continued some of my feelings from last week of like, Okay. And then, and now what? And then what happened? And and my problem is that the main plot is like
0: not—it's getting better. It's just not like thrilling right now, you know? And, right, it, right, right, right. We're yeah. learning a lot, but we have no momentum towards like where we're going. Every once in a like, my roommate comes and goes when he watches the show because he's got—he's doing his own thing. He's not recording a podcast. Uh, and sometimes he'll miss like most of an episode and then come back and be like, "Wait, like for example, wasn't Nomi like?" like on the run and why she had her sister's like bridal t- t- uh, you know, wedding dress Oof. tryout now. Right. Right. Or like, wasn't this character like, you know, son got out of jail and that's fine. He said, whatever happened to Jonas. And I was like, Oh buddy. And then Jonas came back and I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I mean, uh, shit. Uh. <laughs> so it's just, it feels like the show is not moving forward. It's just moving sideways a lot. And I think that's my biggest yes. like, issue with these. Yes. I think that's also the biggest reason why people don't remember season two is there's no like, oh my God, we learned that Whispers is like lobotomizing people. It's like, yeah, he does that. And that's like fine, whatever. Um, uh-huh. I've noticed, by the way, listening back to previous like recent previous episodes that uh, the show has exceeded some of our expectations, um, especially uh-huh. like two weeks ago, like because three weeks ago, we said like, oh, I hope Leto's plot, if it was done today, it would acknowledge the fact that being queer doesn't mean you're blackballed from Hollywood, but it means that uh, you know, you're given like your typecast. And I wish that they uh-huh. would handle that. And they told, they literally did that. They, they exactly did that, but it just doesn't mm-hmm. nothing. Like when they do things like that, it doesn't feel like it has that much weight. Like even the beautiful uh portrait of like Sao Paulo pride festival is like really wonderful. And then like, you know, what does this mean for the story or for the development of the characters? You know, other right. than like, we got an excuse to film at a pride festival and, and with good music and lighting and everything, and that's all it is. That's fine. If the show's gonna be vibes, it's gonna be vibes. But then I'm not gonna I can't do this twenty minutes of oh my god, Angelica backstory, this guy got bulgered, he's there's a shooter, Todd's a bad guy, like all that silly stuff.
1: Right. I think for me it's like uh what it really comes down to is do you want me to invest like what kind of energy do you want me to invest into the show? Because if you want me to like watch closely and track, like, okay, I have questions about this or, well, what about that? Or is this going to get explained? Then do the show that engages me on that level. And if you don't want me to ask those sorts of questions and you just want me to, uh, you know, love the characters and be invested in their interpersonal lives, I can totally do that too, but it just feels as an audience member. Like I'm not, I'm never certain that an investment of my like intellectual energy is going to be worth it. Mm Uh, and I'm never quite certain that my emotional energy is going to be, uh, like contextualized within a, a broader story, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's that's the difficulty that I was having with these two episodes. Still, really enjoying the show. I would much rather watch Sense Eight than many other things. Um, but I just, yeah, it's was just feeling that disconnect.
0: It's 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 pure entertainment right now, and like it's not getting a huge emotional response out of me the way like the end of the the last Matrix movie did. So it's not to say that the Wachowskis cannot pull on my heartstrings like right. that, right? Right, right, but uh-huh. I think, and this is maybe a little bit unfair. there are different shows with different means, but same year, the leftover season three is like ripping our hearts out and making us rethink the grieving process all over again, and right, that right. show holds up in beautiful ways, and like this just isn't this is like a show about emotions about people, and I watch it, and I don't feel very strongly about things right now. That's like what my feel overall feeling of season two is is a, is a sense of yeah yeah that's an idea you put an idea in there that's sure whatever okay yeah and I Mm -hmm. I support all of it I like all of it. a lot of good things are on the screen the representation is good the writing is fine the visuals are incredible and there's just something there's something cohesive that the series is missing right now that's my overall sense uh, of season two
1: yeah I think it's miss and we'll talk about this um, as we get into specific characters but you know I think there's a strong sense of how to make a capable main plot in this show. Uh, Okay, there's a bad organization. There's the bad guy who thinks he's doing it for the right reasons. There's our kind of predecessor good guys who failed, our predecessor good guys who made deals with the devil. There are uh, our allies who are in hiding and there are our rivals who have made deals with the bad guys. Like there's yeah. this full chessboard of people in this kind of big world spanning plot. That yeah. is all there, capably done. I think the place where it's not quite clicking is the show sells you in the first season on here are these eight people. Here are their lives. Here are the things that they want. Here are the things that they're struggling with. And they are discovering camaraderie and connection with people around the world as they go through their personal issues. Mm -hmm. And I think for many of those characters, there was not a clear plan or I'm not seeing evidence of a clear plan of like where those plots go. Right? Yeah. Because – Some of our characters are diving into the main kind of conspiracy plot, like Will Gorski or Riley, and they've kind of lost some of their individual plotting in the process, and that's fine because now they're in this kind of action sci-fi show. And the rest of the characters are not diving into that main plot and are staying in their original character plots without a sense of, like, what... (laughs) Like, what is Wolfgang doing? <laughs> what does he want? Where He's is become he going? a
0: gag character, basically.
1: Yeah, we're like, what's, when is Sun gonna confront her brother, I guess? And the rest of the time, she's just gonna kind of wait to do that. And be you know, worried so about doing
0: that. And tell people how she's worried about doing that. It's like, now go do it. Now go do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... I would say let's start with the characters who feel a little less tied to the kind of central plot. And then we can work our way inward, if that sounds good to you.
0: That sounds perfect.
1: Okay. So let's talk about Sun, I guess, because there's not a lot that happens with her yeah. in this episode. Um, she departs from living with her trainer. in the dog. um for reasons that were not super clear to me, I guess because she wants to get away from the t- detective.
0: She say she well she also wants to go confront her brother. And if she stays here for much longer, they're going to find her and potentially hurt the trainer. Okay, that makes
1: sense. And where does she end up going? Is it her old apartment or something? This is where we uh, used to live. Tore the phone out of the wall. Fudge.
0: Um, I don't remember where she goes in this episode. I do know that. She's sitting somewhere when she has the conversation with Riley, the very right. self-aware conversation.
1: Somewhere that she's sat before because she says the last time we were sitting here we were talking about this and that. Um and that's kind well, of Well, I know it for Riley for that's Sun. in London, right? Right, right. And that that's kind of it for Sun's plot in this episode. Um I don't know. Did you get anything else from it besides just those kind of like very simple beats?
0: Yeah, it's not always fun to me when they when the characters like just like say, "Hey," it seems like we've swapped plots or something. It's it's, right. it's played kind of like poetically here. It's trying to be where Sun and Riley are like, "You're looking, you're you're so excited to see your father," and I'm uh, I feel trapped where I am, and like Riley feels stuck in her prison trying to you know, not prison in her hiding spot, and now Sun is the one who is excited to see her father, but not because she wants to reconnect with him but because he's no longer alive and she needs to grieve and reconcile that Mm -hmm. uh so like there's something nice there but then for the characters to just outright say it it's like it just feels like the show does our job for us a lot of times um like it resists analysis because it just does its own analysis and i'm like yeah that's that's true that is what happened there good job guys (laughs) Mm hmm I think that's another reason why sometimes the show doesn't like inspire emotion in me is it's not letting me make the emotional connections. It's just telling me that they're happening.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of telling. Um, and that, that scene to me also felt that way of we've come full circle, huh? And then before you know it, the scene's over because they're done talking about how full circle they are.
0: Yeah. Nothing else uh, to say. It's like, right. Uh, I think that the, the two sex scenes in this episode, by the way, uh, do you have another point about that? No. The two major sex scenes in this episode also not only because that they are shot or they're they're cut back and forth, but both of them like only give you a tiny bit of development and are mostly here for like to see sex and to flatten the characters of Wolfgang and Kala to the size of a pancake, basically. Yeah. Uh, Like what's going on with Kala here, dude? So she had this whole thing about like. I don't know if I want to get married. I'm married. I'm the first person in my family to marry for love. Still one of my favorite lines from her whole storyline where her mom is Uh. like, don't you know that you're the first woman in our family to marry for love? And she can't like understand that. Uh, Mm -hmm. and now she's like, okay, I'm married, but what if I had sex, like sensate sex with Wolfgang? And then I also was having sex with Rajan. And then it's played for this comedy, right? Of, (laughs) it's one of the funnier scenes in the two episodes, um, after this it, like, tense, passionate lovemaking scene between her and Wolfgang, uh, mm-hmm. Rajan comes in the next day and says, like, that was amazing. And, like, tenderly kisses <laughs> her.
1: Uh-huh. And,
0: and I'm just watching this guy who's, like, ostensibly been cheated. He has been cheated on. Uh, uh-huh. She has, like, had an emotional and in some ways a metaphysical affair with someone else. Uh, right. And it's played for comedy because, quote, unquote, it's not real. And so he kisses Wolfgang instead because he doesn't. In his head, he doesn't see the difference. It's just Kala there, uh, yeah. and this is all funny too because like the guy who plays Wolfgang smiles, like enjoying get the the comedy of it. It's it's very cute, but like they also know that this isn't a good place to take the plot, so they just undo it in like the next couple scenes where Kala's like, "We shouldn't do this anymore. This was cheating. This is bad." But like you did it, you did do it. Mm-hmm. Is the show gonna handle that? I feel like they're not.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that's frustrating about where this plot is going is it feels regressive for the characters because it feels like we were here already and we are back here now in a way that isn't self-aware. It feels like the plot is trying to pretend as if this is new or something or like Kala is deciding I'm going to... Cheat on my husband, but like they've already had brain sex before. Yep. Like in an orgy, even. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's happened. Um, and it's just this like really drastic oversimplification of what her motivations are. Um and yeah, I just I didn't like it. It mm-hmm. it's really making Kala a lot more boring and like giving her less agency and she's allowed to make bad decisions or miscalculations or hurt people, uh, you know, be selfish or do the thing that she needs to do or however you want to interpret her and Wolfgang. Um, Like the act of having sex with Wolfgang, I don't think is inherently a bad story decision. Um, But I Mm -hmm. think the way it's presented is like, pretty by the book um, yeah. in terms of like adultery stories, I guess very much. So, so it's not, not, um, not super interesting.
0: Agreed. Agreed hundred percent. And yeah. like the Wolfgang side of that is starting to tie into some sort of main plot, at least right. He's interacting with Lila. Uh, is all that cool assassin stuff with her in this one? Yeah. Okay, so, remember how a couple episodes ago, Magellan and I were like, wouldn't it be cool? That bald guy who smokes the cigars in a cool way, wouldn't that be cool if he was, like, the main (laughs) villain of the show or something? Uh Uh-huh. The show teases us because... uh, They bring him back, yeah. They fully bring him back. Lila is Agent 47 from Hitman, like, sniping dudes, or, you know, shooting dudes with a pistol. She's being badass, just, like, so cool. Uh Mm -hmm. He uh, oh this is also after the the soccer scene by the way we can talk about that in like stray notes or whatever but that's part of the whole Kala Wolfgang flirt yeah about.
1: let's just knock it out now the thing that's annoying is Kala just shows up to like watch Wolfgang play shirtless soccer and it's like really bloody too yeah. for some reason and she's super into it but then she's like we can't do this it's such a w- odd it's so odd I, I, I the boys was not a fan.
0: you don't do that with your boys you like play soccer and y'all get shirtless and break each other's <sighs> noses
1: uh no and my girlfriend also doesn't watch from a distance and say bite her lower lip so sexy what a man Mm. (laughs) like what are we doing
0: yeah your girlfriend is in there breaking noses
1: (laughs) yeah fully fully
0: um no no it's 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 super gratuitous it's just like it's almost like male, not. Uh, it's almost female gazy too. Just like, look how hot these guys are. Like, what are we doing? What's what are we yeah. doing to Wolfgang? Wolfgang has like been so flattened more than any other character. And to be fair, he was never like super duper rich. I think the truth is he's the, he's most interesting when Felix is involved. But yeah. like, didn't we have a whole thing about money laundering through the club and all? That's gone. We haven't seen that in like four fucking episodes. <laughs> Where does that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So then, anyways, yeah. Th- this is worth noting, though. One of the people he plays football with are the Fuches, Fuchs, F-U-C-H-S, um, uh-huh. because Felix says, "Oh, let's beat up Fuchs's fucks," which must have been so hard for the actor to say. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a deliberate thingy. Um, Lila. Uh-huh. Before um, she goes into the place where uh, Volner. I think it's his name, Volker. Volner. Uh, the bald guy that we like a lot. Um, she like beats all his men. And there's a man from her cluster that we briefly get to see, very exciting, uh whispering to her not to talk to Wolfgang and to like do all these murders. Uh and she's a, she finally like shoots uh Vulner in the head, and you're like, wait, and he mentions something about fuchs before she does that. And you're like, wait, are like uh-huh. the guys that Wolfgang is working for bad? Are they working? Well with- what
1: what he says is like Fuchs doesn't know what you are, but you and I were the same, which is he a sensei? Could right, could mean he's a sensei or he's just talking about their ambition or you know, something like that. Yeah, uh, I took it to mean he's a, a secretly a sensei, which would be kind of fun.
0: Very good, I'm very into that.
1: Yeah, uh, but, but, but it was cool not- to see Lila like do something and like be dangerous. Um, because it was shot well, it felt like The Matrix, and yeah. also now it's like, oh shit, we're probably gonna have to like fight Lila and her sunglasses friend in her brain pretty soon. Yeah, Volker. Sorry, now that now he's dead, I can remember
0: his name is Volker Boom. Uh, so Volker, rest in peace, Volker, our fave side character for now. Mm. Uh, Lila's a threat. The guy inside of her cluster is a threat. Who knows what's gonna happen there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Who's next? Who's next on the docket on the killing blows?
1: Uh, Let's talk about Caffius.
0: Oh, yeah. I I jumped over him because... In this episode, he uh, meets up with Zaki outside of his bus. There is like a little... Did you notice the little comedy when she comes up to talk to him? He gets out and uh, Jella like gets into the driver's seat. And I thought he was going to drive away. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see ya have fun see ya, you're taking too long bye but even funnier zakia oh god this is so corny I, I laughed at it i smiled at it in a sensate earnestness way but he's like oh you know the guys that at your work and she's like oh fuck those guys they're all like uh trust fun babies anyways they all suck and he's like yeah they mentioned that you she's like yeah with the, i was with a woman um and he's like yeah and then she's like i will i w- I'm I'm also with men. I also like men, too, a lot. And I would like to be with you, a man. And then she says, uh, <laughs> what's the line about the genitals? Oh, I don't remember. Control F genitals. I fall in love with a person, not their genitals. Which I wrote, wow, 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 Queen Zakia in my notes. Because, like, <laughs> I mean, same. We should all be like this. But yeah, Right. Right. then they kiss in front of everyone and like 30 plus people in the bus on the street go like "Woo! let's go like they clap and cheer for a kiss which is uh-huh. so goofy and chaotic and good yeah yeah. this is why I was like I think I overall like this episode it seems like this where nothing has to make sense but it's funny good for Zaka. Uh-huh. We, we stand a bisexual icon it's great right, right. Um, or I guess a pansexual icon depending on your terminology anyways Cavius is now debating becoming a politician because a pretty lady told him that he'd be cool if he did that. Yeah. I knew this is gonna well, happen.
1: They, well they go have sex. I mean, is there anything to say about that?
0: I it's pretty tasteful. It's like not too you know, I didn't feel too uncomfortable. I know I don't never feel uncomfortable during sex scenes unless uh, they're not consensual. But um this right. was like this seemed totally fine. It's very beautifully shot, good lighting. Bodies writhing together, it's a sex scene and it's intercut okay. with the Kala yeah. Wolfgang one. What about you? Uh
1: huh. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was very, I mean, I guess this isn't new for the show, but it was very graphic, mm-hmm. so just be warned when you're watching this.
0: What's that? What else? What else? What else? We got Sun, Caffeus, we got Wolfgang, Kala. There's like Lito stuff in this episode, yeah. Yeah, we go to Sao Paulo. Oh, hey, we get to the airport, everybody's here. There's like 10 gay people and you know that they're gay because of rainbows uh <laughs> and everyone's like hey leto uh, we have a hotel for you why does he feel hesitant about staying there or whatever they say like you have a hotel and he's like uh and they're like if you don't want to you don't have to i Did think he was
1: hesitant head? about giving a speech oh
0: that's what it was that's what it was yeah not about staying there it's funny how this is an actor playing an actor and so when uh-huh. the actor playing an actor is acting i'm saying this slowly so people can make sense of it he's like super confident and good at it but when the actor is playing a person like you know an actor who's not acting like he's just talking having a speech you get the Uh sense that actually Lita rodriguez is a little bit awkward like despite being like really well off and really handsome and all this stuff he's still like i don't know how to do a speech like this is a thing that i wrote what is the fuck is this because actors don't do that and right uh, it's very charming. He talks about you know the classic love is love. It shouldn't feel bad to have to say that I love that I'm a gay man. He says it over uh, and over again. Everyone claps and cheers, and then we get a little dance sequence where Daniela and Hernando with his painted beard, oh. <laughs> and then uh, Lito and all the people in Sao Paulo. Yeah, Danny's
1: OMG earrings. Those are
0: amazing, cool. amazing. Uh, sh- she's loving for it. Um, and I'm happy for everybody involved. Uh. I think there's also a scene in a restaurant later where they see a gay man kiss another guy and immediately uh, Danny takes pictures of them. And I was like, is this her character yeah. trait? <laughs> she, just, yeah. she can't see gay men without being like, I must add to my yeah. collection. Pokemon
1: Snap. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was before. I think that's the thing that gets Leto to decide that he wants oh, to do the speech. Oh, to do the
0: speech. Yes. Yeah. What we're learning is all leader needs to, to discover gay rights is to watch gay people do things. And let me tell you, buddy, it can it doesn't have to be that hard. <laughs> it doesn't have to take that much effort. Uh-huh. Um, But yeah, beautiful, beautiful stuff. They clearly, this is one like, you know, when I learned that they filmed the Nomi stuff from last season at the SF Pride Parade. I'm like, okay, did they like find someone, some connect who said they could film at Sao Paulo Pride and they wrote a plot around it? because it feels like we kind of just got Lito here to do that. And then we just bring mm-hmm. him right back to Mexico as if none of this really materially happened. You know what yeah. I mean? Like next episode, he's just like, but anyways, back in Mexico, uh, I'm fired. Right. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's not still nice. It's
1: not super clear. Yeah. What the like character beat is, I guess it's just mm, him more openly like coming out on a, grand stage right yeah and like continuing to do that intentionally mm-hmm. um but it does feel like we're kind of hitting a similar moment that we've been hitting for the last few episodes yeah um
0: i'm good to move on though from leto right now i want to i like what happens yeah. with him in the second episode so we can get there when we yeah get there. Me, me too
1: yeah uh um, i believe that brings
0: us to nomi will and riley
1: yeah, that brings us to the main the main plot, I guess, hmm. of the episode.
0: Weirdly, I have less to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what do we what do we substantially do here? Um no, Riley gets visited by the dude from the lab a couple episodes ago, turns out he's a sensate. A lot of this is Riley having conversations with different Sensate people, which also continues in the next episode. Um, so there's this guy and he like wants to have sex with her and calls her hard to get.com, which is gross. Um, and Bad. he's like, Hey, you know, watch out. The world's a scary place. Um, it's interesting to see Riley interact with different sensates because we see how different people cope with, um, like living in this world that hunts them down, mm-hmm. and she particularly befriends this like Scottish fisherman guy, seeming guy from the concert, uh, who we learn later is named Mister Hoy,
0: right? Yes, is that right, Mister Hoy?
1: Um, and she earns his trust, and he has this beautiful quote where he says, "Maybe I realized I'm slowly dying of survival," which brings Riley to tears. Uh, and then they exchange proof of their locations and he gives her a lore dump about BPO and how it got started and how it's changed over time and what makes whispers so scary. And then he's the one who's going to help us figure out where whispers is. And the way that he does it is he's going to ask his sensate, uh, internet, sapiens invented google in the 1990s We've had it since, <laughs> since the neolithic uh, uh, and then we get this really cool sequence of like boom 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 boom, boom people really asking, cool Whispering in each other ears each other's ears um yeah which is how sensates get information amazing it's like 25
0: people it's a pretty long sequence yeah that must have been really difficult to film with all the different locations but it's different people dropping what they're doing and being told by their cl- individual clusters to because it's that's the idea of isolated above connected below is the the archipelago is uh, similar to like whispers network everybody has their cluster but they can right. connect to other clusters. Uh, mm-hmm. It's cool. It basically it opens up the idea of sensateness to everybody, like and to every sensate at the very least. We can all actually talk with each other just through certain like mm-hmm. fault lines. Uh, people uh, can can talk across clusters which is great um yeah and it's it's mostly an information gathering thing my main thing here is i love a that sequence b the idea of an archipelago and c I um i think mr Hoy is just fun i want i like it when we have old people who are like useful and not just you know wacky and like uh what's the word when you're like really old and sad <laughs> senile that's not the <laughs> word i'm sorry senile is the word i was looking for i didn't it doesn't mean old and sad um, but like, it's not just, just like, understand. Oh my God, look at these, look at these like depressed. It's like, Oh, he's like a fun dude who has done this for so long. And there is a tragedy to Mr. Hoy, right? This, like I have yeah. been doing this running thing that you've been doing for like a, I'm a year. I've been doing it for about 30, 40 years. It's exhausting.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, he's a really, um, he's a fun character to add into the mix. And even though he's basically just like, uh, kind of the new Jonas stand-in of like yeah. i'm gonna tell you stuff yes. uh it's still still pretty cool I, I like him he's like very charming yeah and
0: this like fisherman archetype of him uh and the trust thing all of this is like really nice because so much of sensei season two is like can we trust each other in across clusters maybe not like with lila uh probably not mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. don't think they should trust him but it's like what if we did you know the classic this is riley after being told by kathias she says, what right. if things go wrong? And he says, what if they don't? So right. she's learning to trust people and to trust him and it work out. And to see his little like uh coffin hidey hole inside of his lab was really fun. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's okay. Everything's gonna be fine. Um, so yeah, I like I like Mr. Oi. I think he's actually yeah. legitimately one of the cooler new things from season two.
1: Yeah. I uh,
0: but yeah, Riley just getting a lot of lore dumps. I think the other fun thing in this with Will is the the sequence where he is in whispers for a couple seconds
1: yes yeah where it's like the first person perspective yeah in whispers his life yeah that's a pretty cool moment
0: uh i wish the show was weirder is what i wrote like i wish the show did way more yeah. stuff like that yeah because like it's not only that he's in there but like riley is the wife and the kids are there and yeah it's
1: really trippy it's like it was kind of startling when it first started
0: can we just get way more of that, please, Sensei? I want yeah. like I want the show to get weirder, believe it or not. I, I would not love just that. G- I want gayer and weirder. You know, I can yes. you know, there's yes. two axes that we can go down. Uh-huh. Uh and yeah, then Riley talked to son about confidence and stuff and worrying and how they're parallels. So that's that ties us back to Sun. It's like a it's like a secret Santa gifting thing. When do <laughs> the characters <laughs> loop back around to each other? Uh, did you have any other main plot notes? Angelica's cabin. Nomi goes back to Angelica's cabin and her plot yeah,
1: line. yeah. There's this part. So essentially, we get more stuff about like the sensates have Angelica's memories, and we're getting more information about how Angelica was involved in things. And this is what I got from this. The thing, the sense I got is Angelica had made advances into grafting. There's hmm. stuff in both of these episodes about, like, the grafting process, which is what we've seen Whispers do. Mm-hmm. And I think Angelica probably was working with Whispers, figured some stuff out about grafting, was like, this is terrifying, and needed to destroy her progress to set BPO back. So um, the sensate from her first cluster who Lido knew – the reporter what was his name? Uh, Raul. Raul. So Raul goes in and torches the place. Mm-hmm. Or Angelica made Raul do it.
0: I think it's that.
1: Which is really spooky.
0: Is it so? It, this is what we're asking about. Is Angelica herself actually a bad guy? Or was she being manipulated by whispers?
1: I think the general the general vibe i get is angelica was working for bpo mm-hmm. did everything she could to make whispers believe that she was on whispers's side so that she could from the inside find her sensate kids or help oh. sensates out or something like that is like what she was trying to do um and she had made progress on this grafting stuff and needed to somehow destroy the progress to slow BPO down. That's, that's the sense I get from this. Okay. Um, but the thing that's a little annoying about the episode is the way that it like Riley's told by, um, Mr. Hoy, somebody wants you to go to Chicago to like get more information. Yeah. Uh, and then the resolution of being in Angelica's memories is needs is like, well, what happened? And Nomi's like, I don't know. All I know is things got bad when she went to Chicago. And then everyone looks at Riley like, Oh my God, you're going. To oh Chicago. no, that's, that's you. the same place. And it's <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Just tell us like anything. Give us a piece of information from that flashback instead of this weird abstract like oh, Chicago. Oh no. It's like a kind of a strange resolution to the episode.
0: Absolutely. Cuz like I'm not a, I'm not opposed to them having a character just explain to us because other characters are asking her, "Hey, you Nomi, know what happened?" So like Tell, I know you just showed it to us, but use words to say it because everything with Angelica is like mostly nonverbal or in like faded background noise. Like I need to know specifically what Angelica did and to who and why instead of like, it feels like I'm squinting looking at an interpretive painting sometimes. And I think, and that's not what, like, that's also fine. I've watched Twin Peaks and sometimes that feels like looking at an inscrutable painting. But make that either that's the show or not. This is not a show where you everything's interpretive and like symbolic. It's actually like there's a lot of things that specifically tangibly happen. So it's very confusing all the Angelica stuff. Um, And I feel like that's because they don't know what they want to do with it or where it's how it's going to loop back. I just feel like they're they're like stacking Lego bricks and not building a a set, so to speak. Can you tell I've been building Legos this week? Um. (laughs) <laughs> That's just how I felt about it. Uh, feel free to disagree. Uh, also, just the note here: Nomi setting once again. Nomi like having a totally normal, fun life, and being interrupted by Sensei work, and the show not doing anything with that because, like, she's talking. She's she's talking with her sister Tegan uh, while she tries on wedding dresses. It's very cute. Her and niece and Tegan are trying on dresses, whatever, uh, and she's saying like Tegan like what are our parents saying about you? And they're like, Oh, they're saying you shouldn't come to my wedding because you're going to make it all about you because you're a narcissist. And that's what you do, which like, I know people who've like gotten that kind of flack. You know, we, we've heard of that before, even in the Uh news, like when you're queer, a lot of times like parents or adults who don't want to understand it will say, Oh, you're just, you just want attention because why would we trust kids to understand their own body or, or gender or sexuality when they could just be lying? Mm hmm. That's really interesting. And Nomi does worry about that and talk to Nate later and go like, am I a narcissist? I don't know. But right. she also goes like, anyways, uh, Tegan, I got to go do my sensei shit. This was really fun. Bye. I'm going to run out of here in my underwear. Love you. And like, we're not going to talk about the fact that she is like leaving her sister in the middle of this like important time of her life.
1: Yeah. It was a little strange because that episode is kind of entertaining it as a possibility that Nomi is really self-centered which doesn't feel I don't know. There's like it's like a kind of risky conflation that's happening because like you're saying her parents are saying that in this incredibly toxic way and that's one thing and then it's another thing for her to be wrapped up in this like new life new identity as a sensate new community whatever and that feels like those are separate things that we should keep separate if we're talking about like someone being self-focused mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever. Um Cause like I, I am actually interested in Nomi and Amanita's relationship and like the tension that's there where Amanita has been like giving and giving and giving and learning about the sensate stuff, but fundamentally is like not experiencing it and not a part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, you know, what does that do to their relationship and what are the ways that it strengthens it or the ways that it is putting strain on them. And we get the beginnings of that here, but for that to be set up by (laughs) like, Hey, my horrible, shitty dad said something terrible. (laughs) What do you think? And I didn't like that.
0: Yeah, like, I, I see a truth in Nomi's story, but, and again, I talked about this in season one, but it comes from the writers. That, ha- that's, that being a lived experience for at least Ivana, uh, uh-huh. you know? Um, But I just say that the show, like, sprints past it. Like, it's just so fast-paced. And maybe you and I are just more suited for, like, like, this is a modern TV show where things happen really fast, and I mean, maybe the show is too fast-paced for everything it's trying to do. But, like... Mm, mm no he's mm. interesting her fears are interesting and it's valid to say like maybe the things that my parents say to me when they're being bigoted or whatever maybe i believe some of that shit sometimes right like that there's something there and the show literally runs past it she <laughs> see yeah. exactly ripped pulls the dress off and goes i gotta go do plot um yeah so it's a bummer because i think i, I just like Noemi a lot and i want to see her character in her life and not all of this a plot silliness agreed uh, can I get some final straight notes, though? This is a longer episode. I should note that's why we have more
1: to yeah, say. Yeah, it we is. Thought. It is a long episode. Uh, Riley and Will have a nice sensate kiss before he takes the beta blockers, and they're like, "Damn, can't wait to have a sensate kiss again." Um, yes, it's kind of that's something that the you know they only like the really good kisses. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I like the way that Lido told hernando and danny that they're going to sao paulo uh he like gathered them together and tried to be serious about it and then he's like we're going to sao paulo and then he kind of did this face like yeah yeah i tried to do a bit but it was a little stupid (laughs) Uh, it's very well very well acted really cute yeah the pool did uh lure wolfgang after all like
0: a fucking fish to water bud like a fish to the hook
1: we knew we knew that it was gonna happen that way and they have sex in the pool and uh Oof. Yeah, what can you say? Motifs or something.
0: Like the creepy pink hair sensei guy said, sex
1: can be a good trust builder. Did we talk about uh Silas Kabaka being back? Nope.
0: He's fucking and how know, is he he's dating, dating Caffeus' mom. And they're having sex.
1: Really weird.
0: Why? It's like they heard you say, like, whatever happened to Silas Kabaka, and they're like, Oh, he's smashing <laughs> Caffius' <his> mom. <laughs> what? Why? Any particular strange, reason? Strange.
1: Strange.
0: Life is not just full of surprises, it's also full of gifts gifts, says Caffey's his mom. Uh, uh Cavius says that. Cavius says that. Sorry, yes, yes, yes. This is cute. Whatever. Bring Silas back. I like that actor. Whatever.
1: Fucking whatever. It's so strange. That's yeah. all I have though.
0: Uh, I have a couple quickies. Lito in that scene is also effortlessly flipping a Spanish omelet. I need to know how many takes that took or how they filmed that or like what, what happened with the omelet. Cause he, it's perfect. Uh, he says like, you know, my mom used to make this in Spain or my dad missed Spain. And that's why I love doing it. Uh, Cafe is post coitus, uh, in Zakia's beautiful house naked or just in his boxers enjoying her fancy house and not knowing how to use the espresso machine is hilarious. Uh, Kind of weird just seeing an actor in his boxers, though. Like, you just can see everything. <laughs> it's like a kind of, it's a form of nudity. Uh, Riley, when she talks about the other sensate afterwards, Will's like, What happened? And she says, I just picked up the equivalent of a sensate STD. Uh, which, why are we set? We judge other, we judge like creepy sex people, but the rest of us are good sex people. Because <laughs> he's like, like non consensual, kind of gross. Like, if we have sex, it'll be good. You should do it which I understand the delineation yeah. there, but it's just funny uh, oh and last thing Mr. Hoy says uh, to Riley some of my best friends are sapiens uh, <laughs> I see what you guys did there mm-hmm. uh, and you mentioned the google line that was my favorite line of the episode that's mm-hmm. all that's all I got that's all we have for now we'll be right back after this brief musical break to talk about episode 7 I have no room in my heart for hate
1: This week was Season 2, Episode 7 of sense entitled I Have No Room in My Heart for Hate. It was written by Lillian Lana wakowski and J. Michael Straczynski, directed by James McTeague. It aired on May 5th, 2017, along with the rest of sense Season 2. Alan? Yes, Allen. What happened in I Have No Room in My Heart for Hate? In this episode,
0: Will asks for help from an old friend as Riley embarks on a risky journey. Meanwhile, Kala makes a troubling discovery and Sun has an intense encounter in the cemetery. Wow.
1: Again, welcome surprise, intense encounter.
0: <laughs> it's sex, except this time it's not sex. It's fighting sex. It's my better favorite. Than kind. sex. Yeah. What <laughs> is it, Bill? Not uh, the science guy? No, no, no. Who did um, Inside? Bill. Bill Hater. Bill No 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 no. The sad Bill. Fuck, this joke is so not worth the time Bill I'm putting into it. Inside?
1: Yeah, on Netflix. Bill Burr. Bill Bill, Burr. Bill what's his face? Bill, no, not Bill Burr. No, Bill, Bill Burr. I know who you're talking about. Bill Burnham, tall, Bo, Burnham, young, Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Burnham. Yeah, that's right.
0: Bo Burnham. Vine voice. Is there anything better than pussy? Yes, a really good fight. <laughs> okay, it was worth it. I'm glad I got to it. <laughs> Maybe I'll cut that so it just sounds like I said it flawlessly. <laughs>
1: uh get out of my joke type joke
0: yeah exactly oh did you watch that video i say analyzing that video yeah
1: it's it's awesome it's so good
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh god Uh, (laughs) um so this episode's not too complicated compared to the other one it's just kind of it's it's stacking more lego bricks on top you know uh yeah pretty much We get more character stuff. We get more build up. Let's just like hit the big scenes in this one. That way we can get in and out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. First off, I, let me full disclosure here. Full disclosure. My cat melon was like, Hey, why aren't you paying attention to me right now? So I was like, okay, let me go lie down and I'll hold my cat. And so I was lying down, holding my cat. Uh, and not taking a lot of notes. And uh-huh. then in the sun fight scene, I kind of like fell asleep every five seconds and woke Whoa. back up to someone punching someone in the face. So this was an episode that I was not completely there for, probably, but uh, it's because I was taking care of my cat. And I think that's okay.
0: I think your priorities are in the right place, bud.
1: Thank you. I'll tell you what's going on with each character though. Sure. Uh, Bug is back. Oh, no. Oy. Oy. Sorry, 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 sorry. Let me talk about the main characters. Um, Rajan's horny friend is here. <laughs> Ajay. No, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Ajay, you're right. Um, the main no, that's characters. Not the meant. main characters. Uh, yeah, the main characters. We see Diego again <laughs> in uh, Chicago.
0: <laughs> this, this, this motherfucker. Can you believe D- D- Diego's back? I almost said DJ. Diego's freaking back, dude. I He's was actually good. like, Yeah, Diego. Okay, it's been long enough. Yeah, it's been,
1: yeah, it's re- been right. really long. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's been. Yeah, anyway, uh, let me tell you what's actually happening with the the, the main eight of the Sense 8s. I'm not gonna do another bit. So, w- Riley is going to Chicago, she's gonna get some more lore information. She kind of hangs out with Diego, who uh, chauffeurs her around and is there for her protection also, it seems. And then she ends up with the big lore dump by the end of the episode. So she's over there. We'll talk about that. Big
0: dump, yeah. Big
1: big dump. Uh, She also is on the plane and talks to an interesting sensei person on the plane, which we can talk about as well. Will spends the whole episode worrying about Riley and hoping that she's okay. It's like season one all over over again, for
0: fuck's sake.
1: Uh, um. so that's that then Nomi is hanging out with Neitz and Neitz's three dads hell yes hell yes hell yes a whole thing and Nomi's also helping Will and Riley do the main plot stuff mm-hmm. then we have Wolfgang who is I don't know what's Wolfgang doing in this episode anything hold on hold on I think wrote, he just shows up to like talk to Will and Riley.
0: Yeah, I have no, I have no notes about
1: Wolfgang in this episode, at all. Barely in this one. Weird. Weird. Um, okay, Wolfgang's barely in it. Kala is confronting Rajan about the shady business dealings, and that kind of goes somewhere.
0: Cassius's
1: mm-hmm. oh, mom meets his new girlfriend, and they talk about politics and if he should do it. Son encounters the detective guy again at her father's uh, memorial or grave and has a fight kiss with him. Uh, Leto gets fucked over by his agents. And I think that's everybody. I think Mm. that
0: is my top two plots. Well, I really like Neitz's dad so much, even though it means it's nothing. It does nothing for the story other than (laughs) makes me smile and laugh. These actors had so much fun doing this scene. So, And then dancing while uh-huh. cooking later. Yeah. I feel like someday if I ever were to make a TV show, if I were blessed to work on the set of a TV show, I would love just days that are like this, where it's like, all right, we're just going to film you guys making food and laughing and singing. And then mm-hmm. you're going to do a whole like back and forth tit-a-tat about how back in the 70s, all we did was fucking do drugs. And now all we do is wish that we could fucking do drugs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I was amused by the one guy being like, we were Black Panthers and now we cook quinoa. That's pretty <laughs>
0: That's fucking pretty bars, small. dude. That's bars. <laughs> <laughs> so goofy uh, and good.
1: Some very heavy handed exposition, just about, like, because they, they haven't shown
0: Neitz's three dads before, right?
1: They did at Chris in
0: the Christmas episode. They didn't speak, though.
1: Okay, but they were there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and now they're explicitly – because they had to do this whole setup moment where Nietzsche's is like, yeah, growing up with three dads, people made fun of me, but I loved having three dads. And then <laughs> when they're with the dads, Nomi's like, wow, I can't believe you all are okay with the fact that nobody knows who's the dad. And it's like, okay, <laughs> this is great. I why love is this like? Why is this like a character – Family backstory thing that's happening in season two, episode seven. We've run out of storyline, that's why. This is kind of odd. Um, but it was amusing for Nietzsche's mom to be like, I fucked all these guys. <laughs> <they're just> awesome.
0: <laughs> it's weird. She's like, I did want to dismantle the patriarchy, so instead I had a lot of sex. <laughs> okay. Yes. No, Neitz's mom, that's cool for you. Yeah, their life together seems really fun. They seem well off and happy, and I don't have a problem. I don't have. I don't fundamentally have a problem with it, even though it does no, nothing no, no. for the story. Right? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um. Although if they like kidnap these guys, ooh, my, it's a Mario game. Each of them is in a different castle. Nomi has to rescue them. She has to rescue Amanita's parents. <laughs> That's all they can do mm-hmm. with it. That I like. Um. No, I think my personal favorite plot lines are Kala's. Which dives into something that the show has been like tiptoeing around for the whole entirety and finally is saying. Yeah. And yes. uh not Cafeus's. Uh, definitely not fucking Leto's, which is so ridiculous. Uh uh-huh. I think I like the Oh, I I like the I like where Leto's goes with his agent. I don't like the stuff with Joaquin. I think that's all incredibly stupid and unnecessary. The stuff with his agent is like pretty fun. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Not fun, but like interesting.
1: Do you want to go from your least favorite to most favorite? Sure. speaking. Okay.
0: Will is about I to assault. Will go. Will worrying about Riley is nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> it does nothing. Riley. Yeah, go- there's
1: not much to it. No,
0: really. it really is. It's just him being protective again and not and it, no reason why. Like him uh-huh. communicating with Diego and Diego being like, my whole life has happened since you see, like so much life has happened since you left me here and i thought we were best friends and like kind of retroactively making them best friends really worked for me except for that line mm-hmm. where will is like you know that's the thing i like the most about being a cop was sitting in that stinky stinky shit car with you and just being with my best friend all day long and mm-hmm. I, I wrote in my notes like dog you could just be friends you could just go hang out with you why do you have to be a cop with him <laughs> why is that the thing you need to hang out in a stinky car with you could just be stoners <laughs> like what Right. So go- they right. never talk about what being a cop is and why he actually does that other than he has a savior complex. Right. Um, Riley's plot in this gave me big like mid-series lost vibes uh, where it's like, yeah, uh, it's like, OK, who are we know the factions, but who are the like originators of the faction? And like, we're going to meet them and we're going to talk to people who are like, I remember when the faction was good. And it's like, what? Why? And the character yeah. and the viewer are like, why is this important? This cup says drink me next to it, so I take the blockers so no one else can be here. This is really weird. Yeah. That woman coming in, I was like, Who the fuck are you? I literally out loud said, like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, if she's uh if she who's the lady who founded BPO.
1: Oh uh Sadai get
0: that person um i thought it was her oh, for oh, half a second up. and i was like no uh don't do that she's not supposed to be alive anymore this is dumb and then like the rest uh
1: ruth l sadawi okay
0: thank you ruth hi ruth it's for the hey arnold fans out there um yeah i, I thought she was Ruth. If she wasn't it didn't seem like it was anything other than she knows yeah. about yeah where so, like Kolovyi working with Ruth, he split it off. He worked with Brant, aka Whispers. She says the line just to we didn't we as if we needed a reason why his name is Whispers. Uh, it's the voice that tells you to harm yourself when you're not sure if you're full of doubt uh, to do X, Y, and Z. That voice never shouts; it only whispers, which is like a cool villain name origin that we should have gotten in season one, honestly, um, mm-hmm. yeah. or we should have never gotten. Like I don't know if we actually needed it.
1: Yeah, it feels there are some things in this mid-season here that this episode that felt like if we had gotten this a season ago, it would have made a lot more sense. Because, like, we've already beaten Whispers, and now we have all these people being like, whoa, Whispers? That dude is terrifying. And it's like, but we are outside his house right now. (laughs) we got his boss to make him uh, in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> like this guy is not scary to us, no. so it was kind of weird. Um, but it's good, you know, villain uh, build up.
0: Yeah, I we're gonna go into do the do compound it. next week, and that'll be fun. Maybe it's, is that just Will? Everyone else is sensating in yeah. there. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so.
0: All right, we're gonna get. We're going. I'm calling it my shot. We're gonna watch Will Jason Bourne his way through Whispers' <laughs> compound next week. <laughs> I, it's gonna be awesome. garen fucking tea, and I'm going to love it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, this is all it. it's just it's like shuffling ideas. And then the weirdest stuff for me in the main plot was like needs to know me watching the video. I like that the editing trick where they cut to the video being like as if we're in the video that they're watching, uh, which uh-huh. is the assassination of Mitchell Taylor, the guy telling people about the sicilium. The um, yeah. Did I want Sense8 to tackle uh, mass shootings in the United States? Absolutely not. Do they no. handle it well? I'm not gonna say yes, but I'm not gonna say they completely would. like it's, you know, it's given the gravity that it needs. Um, this yeah. is not a show that ever needs to come up with like solutions for these problems, but the line where I think it's like Nomi's needs mom or whatever who's like, you know, maybe if we like, it's because men, and then the dads are like, yeah, like hate has a gender or something. I was like, what are we doing? Why do we? Why is this the choice? Mm-hmm. that we've made for like our, our we we've, we've planted our stake in why school school shootings and mass shootings happen it's because men mm-hmm. and gender it's like dog it's way bigger than that and it, and because it's way bigger you shouldn't have even done that what yeah. is the scene started and like to show it right like to show you know, like a shooting in a moss like that's a real thing that fucking happens in the real yeah. world and we see yeah. it graphically depicted here it's treated with a weight it deserves, but like, wow, guys, what are you, what's happening? Right. In the midst of all of this yeah. like, serious sensitivity stuff.
1: Right. It's also I have mixed feelings about the idea of um I have mixed feelings about this idea of like basically whispers is grafting onto Todd here, yes. from what I understand. Yes. And using a mass shooting as a cover for this like assassination yes that he's doing the
0: news won't focus on the murder they'll focus on the the rest of it
1: yeah which i think makes a statement in its way about like how common mass shootings are in the media that uh you can do that sort of thing like conceivably in this world you could hide a, a psychological or a uh, telepathic hijacking in a mass shooting, but it also feels too close for my comfort to them using mass shootings as like set dressing for their sci-fi plot. Yes, and so I don't know. It's it's weird. It, if can I let's just dig into this a little
0: bit because the rest of this episode I like don't have intense things, yeah. and this is worth talking about. Uh, yeah. A man is manipulating a young, uh, closeted technically closeted sensate, but if we're going to like call that queerness, right. Mm, that sure. Christian man to commit violence. Okay. Like there's something about like white supremacy and like the way that, yes, that men are, are, their emotions are repressed and they're told not to feel these things like, and the wrapping up of gender and white supremacy and all that stuff in this like charged moment. But mm-hmm. it is just, that's just like subtextual. The episode's not going to be about that. Todd's storyline is evolving into this weird, like he's just a pawn of a greater power. Is Whisper, like what is Whisper supposed to represent in that metaphor of he is, what is he white supremacy? Is he Mm -hmm. cishet white supremacy? Like what is he? So is he just like, he's the evils of the world? I don't know. And again and again,
1: I I like that reading though. I, I think that's a useful, uh, way to look at it.
0: Yeah, because really I don't agree with Nomi's or with Nietzsche's parents that like it's just because men are men and that's awful and we need to fix men. Yeah, that's a big part of it. We also need to rethink how we how and why we allow people to acquire assault rifles. We also need to right. think about how we treat mental health and how we help people emotionally regulate in society and how we connect people and find community and culture mm-hmm. in religious sites, not see them as places to like you know, that are harmful right. or scary. Uh, right. It is so complicated and so multi-layered, and they are tapping into one very small section of it and saying like, right. that's the problem is men that I'm like, Oh God. And I, I feel like I sound, uh, like kind of unfair or something being like, Oh, this violence, that mm-hmm. gender stuff sucks. But like, if you're going to do this plot, then fucking say, say something about it say right. something well, well okay violence is a gender yeah and so what and then we're also saying like but our dads are so cool like there's something there too there's something <laughs> there <laughs> so right I'm sorry right. I feel like I'm, I'm like spinning around points a lot and because the show is doing that and all that is to say I didn't feel like they did much with what is actually a really serious and important plot point yeah but also Could they be. referenced 9 oh, sure. 11 like two weeks ago so like Fucking who cares? (laughs) Sunset doesn't.
1: Uh,
0: uh Uh, Do you have more to say about this?
1: No. Okay. I think you pretty much know that.
0: Thanks. I did my best. Um, The other thing I liked, yeah, the uh, pharmaceutical stuff with with, um, Kala. I liked it until it ended, right? Because she's like, Ajay's here. That's weird. Why is he here? Oh my God. Kala, you're so hot. Okay. That's weird. Hey, can you leave, Ajay? I need to talk to my husband hey Rajan can you talk to me I'm so angry Rajan oh my god you're so sexy when you're angry can we stop sexualizing (laughs) caller for literally five (laughs) seconds wow these (laughs) men suck wow and it shakes me to my core to acknowledge that yeah pharma pharma companies probably do do this kind of stuff sometimes there are Uh which is to say like selling and distributing subpar quality drugs because you need to get rid of inventory or you have profit margins You know, Uh Raja gives this weird speech about like I didn't really have religion. My dad raised me to think this business was religion. He taught me as soon as I learned how to count, he taught me profit margins. Like, yes, this is ingrained in Rajan's brain that this is normal for him, and he needs to undo that that programming. But when Kala tells him you need to undo that, and he goes, "Okay, I will." What the fuck does that Mm. mean? Did he just become? Is he gonna sell the company? Is he gonna become a good pharma company?
1: right right yeah it's we'll see where it goes i guess but this episode does do this like wildly sharp pivot from rajan being like what's the big deal to being like look this is a big deal you're right Mm -hmm. um and also does kala speak in that scene where he gives that speech i don't think so yeah he just he
0: just talks to her he just talks at her we'll see
1: um
0: yeah and my roommate and I both like looked at each other. He was in the other room and he heard the plot and he, before it happened, he was like, are they gonna, because they say like, it's so fucked up that you're like giving AIDS drugs to different countries. What if I got sick? And he says, I would never give them to you. I would never give them out locally. I would only give them to far away countries. And my roommate looked at me like, is she gonna, are they gonna? And then she goes, yeah, what other countries? And he goes, oh, you know, China, Africa, country of Africa, by the way, Raja totally says Africa is a country. Um, She's like, and then she's just like, oh, like Nairobi via Caffius, who immediately shows up because, yes, being connected to people across the world makes you realize how much we fuck over the other other countries all the time. And yeah. we're totally chill about it. Even in India, they're chill about it. It's so the, the they did great here. They did well by this plot to put Caffius in there and say, like, are you fucking kidding me? And this is his motivation to become a politician. He's like, if I'm going to fight, I'm going to act. This is my Van Dam moment is I'm going to actually, they finally justified for me. Uh, Kathy's deciding to do, I said, this is his superhero political origin story in my notes. Right. Right. Because it's, it's like, it's all laid out in front of you. The the systemic abuses is evident.
1: Yeah. And like you were saying, this has been in the DNA of the show for a long time since the first episode, basically. Yeah. Um, So this is another thing like the whispers thing where it's like, okay, this is, this is pretty good. We could have done this like a season ago, (laughs) you know? Um, so yeah, I just feel like they spent so much time not addressing the clear, like this stuff of the call plot Mm -hmm. for reasons that were not clear to me. Um, and now we're addressing them and it's good, but it feels like we're kind of course correcting for storytelling that we could have done earlier, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a silly uh, complaint to make. But I'm interested to see where it goes and what they do with Rajan because like, he's not just a, a good guy now. <laughs> there's, you know, There's got to be more to it than that. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I really
0: do um okay last two plots i wanted to talk about um son and detective mun do we have anything to say about this whole she expects no justice from the legal system but you know what can fix our injustices is a quick battle (laughs) (laughs) sure do you have any notes on this whole scene
1: no um it, it feels like uh uh I don't know. I want Sun to be involved in the big plots uh-huh. of the show. I'm like not that interested in, am I going to get revenge on my brother kind of thing? Yeah. Because her brother's just such a two dimensional, like shitty guy that it's not that compelling. And there is something to this whole conflict of, well, my mom said that I shouldn't, that I should protect it. Love my and brother. What, yeah. do, what do I owe to my mom? And, there's something to that, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I like this scene of, like, the different senseites offering different opinions to her. Yeah. Or different interpretations of how they would approach the situation. Totally. Um, but we've just spent so much time in her plot in this holding pattern of, all right, probably going to have to go fight my brother pretty soon. God, oh, I okay. out this whole brother situation. Really all sad right. about
0: fighting my brother. Going to feel bad about it. Got to do it, though. Yeah.
1: And then... Yeah, this scene was, like, a good scene. I thought it was choreographed well, um, and it was, like, kind of fun and and saucy in its way. Um, but also, I, my complaints about the existence of this detective character remain the same, which is to say, why? Why, <laughs> why is he here? Uh, so, it it's, looks cool, but... I'm not really sure what else to make of it.
0: If you want to get stupid and you want to introduce more fight scenes to, uh, Bay plot, then like do a, like the raid redemption or something kind of story where she has to climb a tower and fight dudes on the way up to the tower. Yeah. um,
1: Send some bad guys after her to beat up or something. Yeah. We don't need this detective that she's like, I have a
0: love hate relationship, but mostly love. Fuck. Um, Yeah. yeah, it's, it's not going anywhere really particularly interesting right now. So I'm just waiting for it to move forward. Uh, my last big notes are about Lido's plot, which isn't complicated, but is interesting. I-M-H-O, in my mm-hmm. Hernando opinion. Uh, it's, uh, so where do we start? Joaquin is here. Oh, God. We're home. <laughs> We're having fun. Why is Joaquin in Sao Paulo? Because he's so bitter about Daniela leaving him that he literally brought her parents and you know what I wrote about this, Seema John, and I said this—I literally said this last week—and it's more true than ever. Lena's right. plot, and, a, and sometimes all of Sense Eight feels like uh, Darman. Like, I feel, and <laughs> for those who don't know, Darman's a YouTuber who gets clowned a lot by other YouTubers for doing these sort of like videos, little stories that are supposed to be inspiring, hopeful about like triumph of the human spirit nonsense. Uh, they're also mm-hmm. usually like pretty regressive morals, and uh, they're really corny. And this is all of those things where, but not like it's not regressive. It's just like, dad, don't tell me what to do. I found two men who love me. No, honey, you are under my thumb. I control your money. Danielle's father threatens to leave her because she's a trust fund baby. Are we going to worry about the fact that she pays a third of their rent and now she doesn't have that income? No, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. Are we going to worry about Joaquin and how she literally says to her parents, uh, at least I found a guy who doesn't like beat me senseless. And they're like, anyways, come back, Daniela, with us. Joaquin, go get her. Uh, What? Are you your parents are okay with that? We're gonna move past Mm -hmm.
1: that. Mm -hmm. Uh. Also, don't forget in the middle of this scene, Joaquin's like, I'm gonna beat you up. And Leto's like, I'm gonna beat you up again. And there's this little like (laughs) funny reality show music, and Wolfgang's like, Yeah, we're gonna beat you up again. We're gonna beat you up. Oh, hey, thanks, buddy. What's up? What are What is the tone here? What are we doing? This scene was by far my least favorite in the episode. And, I, you know, there's a world where in the old Sense8 of season one where the plots were more clearly genre pastiches and Leto's plot was meant to be kind of soap opera-y, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, there's a way for this to work. But as the characters blend, have blended together – the genre of Sense Eight has, um, like that, those delineations of genre have become a lot less clear, mm. and now the central genre of Sense Eight is it's a prestige sci-fi show that sometimes is like a really nice dance party, and that's <laughs> like the the thing that Sense Eight is doing. Yes, and deviations from that are sort of like, wait, what? What, what are you doing? Um, so. Walking coming back, it just felt, in the way it was blocked too, with yeah. him just kind of walking in from off off stage, and the parents walking in and standing right next to each other up on this platform, it felt unreal. It felt like a little stage play or something. I don't know. It was so so odd. Um, so I was not a not a fan of this scene.
0: Me neither. And earlier when I said I I like something about Lito's plot, it was not any of this. It was uh, no. The second half of his plot, which does not concern Danielle at all. It's the fact that his agent leaves him uh, because, quote, the higher ups. And I was I, I like fucking predicted this plot as it was happening. Um, I was they, he's the agent says, like, oh, they're leaving you because they aren't happy with your. And I was like, are they going to say lifestyle? And he goes, oh, with your lifestyle. And I was like, oh, that's actually like stinging in the right way for me where that's another thing that like queer people get a lot is like, especially when you're famous, I guess is, Oh, it's a choice. Like you, it's a fun thing you did for publicity. And it's, it's one of your little lifestyle choices. Like it's such a straw man argument for like somebody's actual identity and how they feel. And for later to come from Sao Paulo, which is like full of, and, and from the pride parade, so happy. And then to come back to the real world was like really sad in the right ways. Um, because, like, you and I have talked about how, like, oh, Leto's plot doesn't have stakes because he's so rich and happy. But, like, now we're not even getting bad scripts that we can do and make money. We're literally, now we're actually being kicked out and we have no agent. And this is, like, pretty significant for his career. Uh, right. right. There's a couple of bits of good visual symbolism as he heads out, though, when the guy that, that guy, like, gives him the boot. Uh, first of all, if you notice when he walks into the lobby and everyone stares at him... Behind him is a bunch of rainbow tiles, which suggests something about like we have the imagery of like supporting the gay community, but like we can't have a gay actor in our agency and everyone knows it. it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. But then the like saccharin but nice moment where the other man sees him in the elevator and it's quiet and then he gives him a big hug. I fell for it a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. a- yeah, that was nice. That sure, was that was really nice. nice. That was really nice. Uh, uh that's that's really all i had though mm-hmm. um so you know leto hopefully finds a new agency hopefully figures out his situation but that's all i have um i have one straight note just to get us into straight notes though i think we've hit everything jonas is alive we're about oh jonas is alive. just <laughs> fucking what dude shut up shut up <laughs>
1: Because that explains why it was such a quick little death, huh?
0: Exactly. I think that is exactly it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Yep, so they showed us. Did we We talked about everybody? Yeah, I guess we did, right? Yeah,
0: some of them were brief, some of them were long. Diego's here. Yeah. Miss Diego.
1: This was a long episode for not much to really happen. Yep. Big time. Yeah. Uh, what was your straight note? Okay, so go
0: back and watch it, folks. I'm going to put a clip of it here, actually, for you guys. When uh-huh. Leo goes to the agent, and he's like, check out the video of me at the Pride Parade. And the guy's like, yeah, I watched it. And he goes, it has almost 2 million hits. The way he says hits sounds <laughs> like a foghorn. Like, I don't understand <laughs> how the actor made that noise. It's amazing. Uh-huh. Go, I, I hope you guys enjoyed the clip of it, because it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had another note. Know me. Um, talks about like oh how we're we gonna get Riley an ID And she says, oh wait, I can make her a fake ID and will's like, what if it doesn't work? And she's like, mm-hmm. well, this is what I do. Trans people need new IDs all the time. I make those for them. I love that. Right. I just love that little detail. That was cool. yeah yeah because it is and she says like if the system isn't gonna do it for us, then we're gonna do it, which is like yeah. beautiful. Well done, guys. Mm-hmm. short, short and sweet, good moment. Mm-hmm. What about you?
1: Did we talk about the person that Riley talks to on the plane? Oh, I think you mentioned with, her briefly in your early summary, but we didn't get Yeah, so this was another person who was at the rave. Um, I guess the best way to describe them is they're like a monk with a tree tattoo yeah. on their shaved head. And uh, Riley has this conversation with the monk about like, oh, are you going to help us? And for some reason, Riley can't visit them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's just something there about like how they can use their... Sensei powers or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they also say like, you know, you're trying to change the world, which leads to which leads to like, you know, hurt and is a futile thing to do. And uh, the only thing you can really change is yourself. Which is why I can't help you. Anyway, bye. Um, very individualist. So I yeah, I wonder what's gonna happen with that because that to me. Reads either like that's gonna get resolved, or like we threw this in to set up for a season three thing, and then season three didn't happen. That's what it read like to me. Um, Enemy sensei. Yeah. Cluster. Yeah. So, I thought it was interesting though. Yeah.
0: And I thought that was real so, for the whole time. That's like a, it's a little magic trick they can play over and over again, where you're like, wow, that's a really interesting card. Oh, that's a sensei. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Also, Riley's plane was, like, oddly empty. Yeah. I I found that hard to believe. (laughs) I mean, it's what? It's London
0: to... Where is she going? Chicago. Okay, London to Chicago. Yeah, that can't be empty. I don't care what time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like half the seats were full. Silly. Not true. Maybe they couldn't film
0: on a full plane or something. I don't think they filmed on a plane. I'm sure that's a set, but, yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. It was
1: weird. Uh, Bug says, color me totally clustered.
0: Who writes for, I just want to talk to the person who writes Bug. I just want to like have a conversation because.
1: (laughs) I want to imagine it's JMS. It's solely JMS. Like I'll take this.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Hold on girls. I got this.
1: Although, uh, I was listening back to part of our, um, bonus episode on the fourth Matrix film. Oh yeah. And. I remembered that there's a character in that film named Bugs. Oh, but she's like the, or they're like the, yeah, yeah. the new Neo. Different, or very, very different from Bug.
0: Yes. They like that name. But yeah, they like that name. Oh, blue hair, secondary protagonist. Yes, 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 yes. I remember Bugs. Good movie. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Mm-hmm. You'll see a bunch of sensei people in it now if you rewatch it
1: hmm Wolf, wolfgang
0: maybe i know will is in it in the matrix yeah he's one of the duh, 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 people on the ship he's like a background sheesh. character but he's on the ship
1: sheesh well
0: sheesh the Wikowski's working with the same people sheesh i got nothing else yeah me neither but joe where can people find next time fuck that's what i have to say next Ugh. That's an easy cut. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about it. I'm looking for the summaries. Here they are. Here they are. Next week on Chats 8, we're watching another two episodes of Sun Season 2. First up, Season 2, Episode 8. All I want right now is one more bullet. A f- wow. A familiar face comes back from the dead. A depressed Leto turns to sun for comfort. And Lila lures Wolfgang into a trap. You fucking knew okay. it, gamers.
1: That sounds exciting.
0: Familiar face back from the dead. That's Jonas. Figured it out. Yep. yep. Leto turns the sun. That's a good combo we haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Like Lila that. and Wolfgang. This is good. Awesome. Okay, great. Uh, next up is season two, episode nine. What family actually means. It's about found family, you guys. That's what Lino's plot is literally about. Everyone's plot is about that. A family wedding stirs up more trouble for Nomi. Daniela goes all out to land Lino the perfect role. And one of the Sensates faces a devastating loss. Oh, no. Uh oh. Will's dad. Maybe. Likely, actually. Uh, after that, we only have another double episode, and then we're watching uh, Amor Vincent Omnia by itself. So oh. we're winding down on Sensate Season 2. I feel mixed about it. I have fun with it. Every once in a while, I'm like, this yeah. show is so creative and funny. And then other times, I, I honk shoo
1: me, me, me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything that's actively like made the show worse. I think there's just stuff that's either made it better or been like, well, I could just summarize that for you. Yeah. Um, If you were someone who was a skip list person, I would imagine there'd be some more skips in season two than season one. Agreed. hundred percent.
0: Now, Magellan, before we go home, can you tell me where people can find you on the internet?
1: Sure. The only place you can really find me is on another podcast that I do with my friend Justin. It's a video game podcast called Super Smash Echoes, where we talk about games that are related to the Super Smash Brothers franchise. Super Smash Echoes. Check us out. Alan, what about you?
0: I'm on a few other podcasts, one of which is Oops, More Anime, found at ScanlineMedia.com. My friend Six and I watch an episode of Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury every week. Um, That first core is wrapping up soon, and then we're going to switch to a one episode every three show episode schedule um, for various reasons next year. Um, but that can be found on Scanline Media. If you want to hear me talk about anime, if you want to hear me talk marketing, uh, Talking Marketing is a podcast that I host every two months over at my volunteer job with AMA Boston, uh, where I interview marketing people about uh, their craft, why they do things, fun things about their hobbies, and why so many marketers are into goddamn running um a lot of cool stuff going over on over there even if you don't care about marketing i mean uh it would support me and me getting a higher up role at my volunteer job and potentially turning that into a career someday but also i don't know i think those conversations are fun and we have like a lot of 2023 planned out and it's very exciting so um check out talking marketing wherever you listen to podcasts that's what i got um i'm gonna take the plugs on this week if you don't mind bud please do if you'd like to contact us, our email address is chatspod at gmail.com. That's C H A T T P O D at gmail.com. We're at chatspod on Twitter while that hell site still exists. And every week I continue to doubt its existence. But for now, chatspod on that and maybe other platforms. Our subreddit is our chatspod. If you like Reddit, we have it. I don't think it's been updated for a little while. But when it does, oh, it's fire, baby. We got some old rewatch threads over there too, which are really fun um if you like the show you can support us in a few ways we are um you can rate us on apple podcasts or spotify uh, or your other podcast platform of choice that has ratings um that really supports us and then if you have the financial means we have a patreon patreon.com slash where at one three or five dollars a month you get different tiers of bonus content like the chats files the newly resuscitated chats files where magellan um, watches the x files with no lights on uh or commentary chats where we talk over movies or chats nights where we just talk (laughs) or pilot chats where we watch tv show pilots if you still want tv talk over there that's patreon.com slash chats pod and at the five dollar tier you get all the things i just mentioned in addition to a shout out at the end of every main feed episode of the show so thank you today to arthur jen justin kat lee magellan's mom marcus michael Nick and Pat of the Brothers at Infinite War. Six. And Stefan. All things chats can be found at chatspod.com. Our podcast art main for the main feed was done by at Camilla Illustrator. Illustrator can be found on all the social media platforms if you want to support her. And before we take it home, we have one final brief segment called Chatsums Munch, where we uh, recommend you something or some things to tide you over until the next Chats episode. Magellan, what do you got for Chatsums this week?
1: Uh, Okay, so I have... Two quick rechatsums. I rewatched The Last Dance over the weekend, the Michael Jordan documentary. Still pretty good, entertaining. I um, always got to shout out Patrick H. Willems, the film YouTuber. Yeah. Continues to do amazing videos. Did you watch his What is the Most 80s Movie Ever video?
0: No, it's too long for me.
1: Oh, no. Watch it. Okay.
0: That's queued up. I'll watch it. I want to watch great. it.
1: It's great. That's a really good one. Um, but I. I don't watch basketball, but for some reason, like, people talking about basketball is interesting to me. And so I have a basketball YouTube channel recommendation okay, for Okay, King. Go ahead. Um, the channel is called – I think it said Jimmy High Roller, but the Jimmy part is spelled J-X-M-Y. J-X, my high roller. Yeah. And uh, just a lot of interesting, like – Kind of deep sideways dives into statistics, um, and uh, comes away with some interesting conclusions. So, if you're someone like me who's interested less in like, I don't know, uh, basketball, and more in, interested in like debates and numbers and analysis in general, um, it's a pretty good. Uh, pretty good channel for that.
0: JX, my high roller on YouTube, so good chats about
1: you um i had the pleasure
0: of seeing a band that i had never heard of live this past weekend um oh, nice the band is called troll 2 like the movie they named their band after the movie um which is why i chat some of them partly because the seo does not lean in their favor unfortunately um hmm. i would describe them as like uh folk adjacent uh it's folk it's a little bit hardcore almost it's like some Uh, Some good guitar work, but mostly just banjo and vocals uh, or bass work, I guess, not not guitar. Uh, Yeah, they're really fun. They kind of brought the house down. We had like a little like shindig in a church with a bunch of live music, and they were definitely the standout for me. Um, Their album Inheritance is really good. I listened to that on a very Mm -hmm. cold walk home this week. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're on Spotify. I'm sure they're on Bandcamp as well. If you want to support them, I recommend doing it that way. Uh,
1: Yeah. Check out some local music. They were really great. Nice. Uh, troll 2? Yes, Troll 2. I remembered what I uh, wanted to chat some that I had forgotten. Well, I'll give you a retro chat some. Thank you. It's also a basketball-related thing. I watched that Shaq uh, mini-documentary on HBO, uh-huh, Max. Uh-huh. Um, the 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 Last Dance is way better um, yeah. in terms of like the storytelling of it and the drama of it, but the Shaq one is like... Much like Shaq himself, it's like that's eh, that's charming. I had fun. <laughs> uh, the editing's pretty fast paced and good. So if you're entertained by Shaq's charismatic personality and are willing to put up with some light um, lighter fare, uh, it's a good good time. The Shaq uh, Shaq
0: S H A Q on HBO. Yeah, groovy.
1: Yeah, I like Shaq. Yeah,
0: I respect Shaq. I think probably he seems nice. He's got a really yeah. short wife. That's what I think is funny. Shaq and his wife. If you look them up,
1: they're... I mean he's also really tall. I know she's short by
0: average height. I, shawnee O'Neill. I don't know actually. Maybe I should look into that before I say things. Five seven. Okay, she's not that short, but he's extremely tall. Yes. Yeah. We we'll love to see it. Uh, that's what we got, folks. That's that's truly it. There's no more. You're done. You listen to the whole podcast. If you got here, uh, I don't know, chatspot at gmail.com. So email us the word um, principality uh, and, and tell me that you – how I'll know that you listened to the episode all the way through. Thank you to Magellan for being the vulner to my Magellan and Alan because we love you and we can't get enough of you. Um, and thank you for listening to this episode of Chats 8. Peace.